hello, and welcome back to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Jessica Fru. She is a wife, an ex-wife, a mom, a stepmom, and a bold action taker. She has a successful podcast called Husband-in-Law that she records with her husband, Matt, and her ex-husband, Steve. Wow, I didn't know that. Together, they are sharing their stories of love, marriage, coming out, divorce, remarriage, and co-parenting to help others know they are not alone. She owns The Bold Logic, a company devoted to helping people figure out the what now after betrayal and having partner a partner come out. Jessica is a firm believer that by knowing and understanding what it is you really want in life, you can boldly create a life you love no matter what your circumstances. Everybody, please welcome Jessica. Hi, how are you? I'm so great. I'm so excited to have this conversation. You know, sometimes I don't read people's bios or I don't figure out what they are until the day of because I don't want to have a preconceived notion. I want to have just a genuine, authentic conversation. So I'm shocked. So you have a podcast with your husband and your ex-husband. That is correct. (laughs) All right. Let's speak on this, girl. Okay. What? Talk about your journey. How did all of this happen? Let's go back to the beginning. The very beginning. I'm always like, most people are interested at this starting point. (laughs) Had a good childhood. Fast forward that and have had a very good life. Just an interesting one. So I met my ex-husband, Steve, when we were in college. And I was a vocal performance major at the time. And um, I actually lived down the street from him. And he said he had seen me like walk by his house a whole bunch of times. So he was aware of who I was just from afar. But one night I was at a choir concert that I was required to be at for my my major. And I was sitting there. I was like, I do not want to be here. I am so ready to leave. And I was about to stand up. And this whole group of girls comes and sits down in the front next to me. So I can't get out. And they're like filing in. And there's this one tall, good looking dude at the end of this row of, row of girls. And there was no room for him on their, on their uh, bench. So he came and sat next to me. And it was Steve, my soon-to-be husband. (laughs) We met in February and we got married in December and we were together like every day in between, just like couldn't get enough of each other. And we had a really great first year of marriage. You know how people talk about, oh, the first year is so hard. It's so heavy. We never experienced that. We just had this really easy, good year and we were very open with each other. Now, I always say this and I'm like, but (laughs) six months into our marriage, I got on the computer one day and I was looking something up and all of this porn started popping up on my computer. And I wasn't really shocked like about porn. It was that it was all men. Like there were no women in sight. It was all gay porn. And I was like, okay, what? There must be a bug. (laughs) There must be a bug on my computer. (laughs) Yeah. What does this mean? What is going on? And I was just like kind of going through this in my head. I'm like, I'm sure there are some straight guys that look at gay porn. Like, sure, there's some of them out there. It's like, I'm pretty sure, though, that my husband is gay. And Steve and I had both been raised in a very conservative Christian religion. And so like when I approached him about this that night, um, he was I was like, are you gay? And he's like, no, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. And he just couldn't even say the words out loud. And 
lo and behold, he was gay. But he said that that moment was the first time he'd ever even let himself think the words, I'm gay, even though he couldn't say them to me. He said that was the first time he was just like, oh my gosh, I think I'm gay. Um, And he'd convinced himself that it was just better to look at men and to not disrespect women. Like that is why he had told himself he liked gay porn and not like what we consider heteronormative (laughs) porn. So, but at that moment, did you like think back, like, you know, when you're, you have that aha moment, like, did you start going back to everything and maybe find signs that maybe he was gay or no? You know, I never thought of him as gay. Like, yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, are there stereotypical things that we would say were gay? And there are things about him that he was maybe a more, he wasn't effeminate at all. He was just more in tune with like appreciating a beautiful sunset or like things like that, but nothing beyond that, that I was like, oh yeah, he's, how did I not see this? Yeah. And like, I was raised with, I don't know, like typical, not manly men, but like totally playing into stereotypes here of guys, they were out doing rock climbing and they were backpackers and those types of things. And Steve wasn't that way. I mean, he played the piano, but like nothing that was like blaringly gay, nothing really super stereotypical. And so, and he'd always dated girls and I knew he'd kissed other girls and things like that. So there was no like real flags that I was thinking, oh yeah, this all makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But also nothing that I was like, this could not be true. (laughs) So it wasn't like I was really, I was shocked, definitely shocked by this information. And at that point, again, he couldn't say he was gay. And I just remember thinking, my husband's gay. He might not be able to process this right now, but it's something I kept in the back of my head and just kind of kept to myself. Oh my God. There's no way I could keep (laughs) that to myself. (laughs) And the fact that you waited till night to talk to him, I would have been like on the phone that moment. What's going on? I think I needed some time to kind of process through it myself before I talked to him. I was like, what the heck does this mean? Or like, I don't know. And it was just coming at me. And I I was on the floor crying. Like, as I'm looking through this, I'm bawling because I'm like, this Mm. is a lot of information to take in. And this is like. And how old were you at this time? 20. Oh, my. 21. It was 21. 21. Oh, my gosh. You were a baby. You were very young. I was very young. And so I'm like processing. I'm like, at that moment. And this is what I think of with betrayal. Like, this wasn't straight up betrayal, but it was a difference in our relationship. Like this is a shift in our relationship that I wasn't expecting. And as those things happen, our relationships will never look the same again. Like this was a moment knowing my -hmm. relationship is not what I thought it was. And I have to think of it differently. And so there's many of these moments that happen throughout our marriage, but that was like the first really big one. And um, a couple of years later, Steve was in counseling and the counselor was like, yeah, these other things you're struggling with are an issue. The real issue is you're gay and you need to accept that about yourself. Like you need to love and open yourself up to accepting that so that you can heal these other parts of you. Yeah. Is the reason why he didn't accept it was because he grew up in such a strong Christian household and he wasn't exposed to other gay men? He was so afraid to be himself that nobody was going to love him, that he would be rejected. He felt that he was wrong and evil for just being gay. Like all of those things that are very stereotypical to religion in, in this mindset. And so he was very much like afraid. And, you know, this is just 
your life is laid out for you. You get, you grow up, you go to college, you marry a woman, you have kids, you whatever, like those are the things. And so he's like, I'm doing the things I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do. And this part of me isn't right. It's wrong. And I can just Mm -hmm. ignore it or push it aside. And that's when this counselor is like, you can't heal yourself until you accept who you are. So at that point, he he openly came out to me like we had a conversation about this, but we were both really happy. Like we had a really good marriage and we felt more connected to each other than ever because I'm here. He is sharing the scariest, most vulnerable part of himself with me. And we came together and really rallied about, you know, how does this look? What do we want? And so we continued forward and we had a daughter a few years later, a little girl. And then about two years after that, just yeah, just before her second birthday, he ended up having an affair with a man. And we like tried to work through that of, okay, how does this work? Because he still was torn. He's like, this felt like so right to me. He's like, but also I know it's so wrong to split up my family. And he's like, and I don't want to hurt you. He's like, it felt wrong in that aspect. Like it felt wrong because I knew I was hurting you, but being with a man felt so natural and right. And so we're trying to work through this. And how do we process this? We were living in Oklahoma at the time. We weren't, we had just moved there. We didn't have any family or support and we're like processing through. What does this, what does this mean? So once you guys discovered this, was there anyone other than the therapist that you guys talked to? Nobody knew for a couple of years. And then right when Steve came out to me, we were moving to Belize and there wasn't like support systems down there and we didn't tell anybody. And then when we moved back to the States, we ended up like Steve went to a support group for gay members of our church. And and I had a support group that the ladies about knew there knew about it. We had one set of friends that knew he was gay. And his mom, he did come out to his mom about a year before we got divorced. And other than that, our families really had no idea. Our closest, our close friends had no idea. Did your therapist give you any advice to like maybe because he's gay and he understands that this is who he is to like leave the marriage so that he can go be himself and you could go do your thing. Like there was no, no, that thought never came across. Not, none of the therapists that he went to. And honestly, I didn't go to therapy during this time, which blows my mind as I'm thinking about that right now. <laughs> it's okay. We could process together. It's a safe space. <laughs> what the heck? I, I probably needed to be in therapy. But no, I mean, the therapists were going on what we wanted. And supporting us and helping make that work. And at that point, what we wanted was to stay together. Yeah. And after the affair, like we were together another month and a half. How did you find out about the affair? So I had gone home to Boise for a family reunion. And Steve ended up having an affair while I was gone. And I remember like one of the clearest memories I have of my life was getting off the plane in Oklahoma for Steve to come pick us up and like getting through security and stuff. And um, I saw Steve standing there and our little girl goes running over to him and throws her arms around him. And he like looks up at me and I'm like, holy crap. Like my whole body knew something was wrong. Really? And it wasn't because of his facial expression. Like, I don't know, because he seemed happy and excited to see us. But there was something in me that was just like, there has been a huge shift. Like something is not okay. Yeah. The energy shift. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I trust that. Like if my body feels something, then it's right. Like I, 
yeah. <laughs> occasionally you were wrong and that's fine. But like this, I knew, I knew something was yeah. wrong. And I asked him if everything was okay. We talked about things. He's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And he pushed it off. Then like a week and a half, two weeks later, I was a mess. Like he would fall asleep at night and I was bawling my eyes out after he would go to bed. I'd have to go down and like watch friends to get me to not think. And so I could fall asleep at like two in the morning. I was a mess. And finally, one day I was like, I'm going to get on his phone and I'm going to see if I can find anything, which I just never did. Like I just chose to trust him. And as I was going through his phone, I knew a contact that for sure he would tell something to. And I pulled it up and I was about to start reading. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't want, Yeah. even if there is something, I don't want to find out this way. So mm. I told him later that night in bed, I said, listen, I'm really sorry. I got on your phone. I was, I knew who to look for. Like I was going to go see what you wrote to so-and-so and I, I didn't read anything but I wanted you to know that I did that. Like, I just want to be very honest with you. And he like flips on the light at that point. And he's like, Jessica, you have no reason to apologize and told me everything that had happened. I didn't want details. I wasn't, I don't want all the details, but I need to know enough of what happened. So he, he told me at that point and I was like, well, are you still in contact with this guy? And we were going back and forth and just trying to figure out like, what do we do? And we like even had it moved into our apartment, like our official house, in Oklahoma yet. And we're debating, do we move in? Do we, do we stop here? Like, what do we do? And we decided to keep moving forward. Cause Steve's like, I don't want to leave you. I want to keep moving forward in our life. We need to keep moving forward. And I remember like moving into <sighs> this place thinking, why am I moving in? I am not going to live here. I knew yeah. like, this is not going to work out at all. <laughs> no. And so we spent like a couple weeks there and we were a mess and he's, He's still emailing the guy. They weren't like meeting up or anything. And I 100% trust Steve on that. He would have been honest with me. I'm like, we got to figure something out. And I think we need some space to do that. And I'm like, but we don't have a lot of time to take space without having to tell people what's going on. So I contacted some old friends and said, hey, can I come stay with you for two weeks? And flew back to Colorado where we had just moved from and stayed with them for a couple of weeks. And at the end of that, Steve's still like, I just want to make things work. I'm like, Steve, Uh you're still in touch with this guy. And I just like, neither of us, this isn't what's best for either of us. We got to, we got to end this. And I called my parents right after that. And I said, I'm moving home to Boise because we owned a house in Boise. I'll be packing up my things this weekend and coming home. And they're like, what just happened? (laughs) Mm. I mean, I told him at that point, Steve's had an affair with a man. Steve is gay. And, but I knew like, I'm just going to be catching people up here because I've had so many years to process. Like Steve and I, during this time, we really worked hard to figure out what we wanted our divorce to look like. Like, how do we continue forward now? Because this wasn't because we didn't love each other. We still very much loved each other, but it had to shift and morph. And also, what does this look like for our daughter? I did not want her to be in a situation where mom drops her off at school in the morning and dad picks her up after school because mom and dad can't be in the same room. And she's nervous at her. I used to say like her life events, like graduation and her marriage. And I'm like, I don't know what her life's going to look like. Whatever events she wants her parents at, I want us both to be there without her worried about what it's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a stepmom, so I I go through that all the time. It's so hard. (laughs) It is. It's hard because it's like, you know, that's a whole nother episode we could talk about. Mm -hmm. But 
up till now, I am like shocked at all the decisions that were made throughout this process. Like there were so many times and, you know, whoever's listening and you're going through like a betrayal or a breakup, if it feels bad, like you said, you were staying up at night Mm -hmm. and watching friends, like if it feels off, it is off. Like I was by my ex-boyfriend, I'm married now seven years, but my boyfriend before my husband, like I remember feeling like there was something off. I was even having dreams. I was dreaming. Like we have this beautiful thing called intuition and our gut is our second brain. So if something is off and we feel off, it is off. A hundred percent. You know, and it's sad that like your husband was just kept saying, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Even though it was off for him too. Yeah. It was completely off for him. Like that's the thing. It's like, as humans, we care more about what other people's opinions are of ourselves rather than what feels completely aligned within our bodies. Yes. You know, and it's like, you know, my husband talks about his first wife where he just was felt completely off, but he was like, I have to keep going. I have to, I have to, you know, propose to her. I have to get married. Even on the wedding night, he was like, this is so off. Oh. Like this is, and he just kept going and kept going. And he's like, 15 years later, I was miserable and contemplating suicide. And it's like, why do we put ourselves through that? Yeah. You know, we allow, I don't want to get a divorce because I don't want people to stop being friends with me or to, and that's a huge, that's a whole conversation we can have because you do, like you said, now that you've told everyone, and and I'm sorry that you had to carry that huge secret his secret for years. Like, I can't even imagine knowing that. And at 20 years old, so young, and like having to live my life, like, and just pretend as if it did, I don't have this huge elephant in the room. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, I don't know, I can't even um, imagine that, like having this huge elephant in the room. At any time, did you ever say like, just go be you, like, just go divorce and go your move move to wherever you want to move to where you're accepted like if I was gay I would move to a place where I would be more likely accepted than Oklahoma (laughs) well and so at that point I knew Steve wasn't ready to go be himself and so there was Mm -hmm. a lot of conversations we had about just helping him love himself being a gay man in a mixed orientation marriage I'm like listen like this is if this is what we want right now you still need to love and accept who you are like you still need to be open about the fact you are gay whether we stay in this marriage or not because you need to love yourself like you are such a good man this doesn't change any of that you being gay doesn't change any Mm -hmm. of that you're still who you are and so it was really hard for him to be able to accept that and so It was like we created a safe space within our marriage for him to kind of get more and more okay with the fact of who he was. And I wasn't losing who I was in that process. So that's when I would have been like, I'm Mm. out. But I was happy and content and was finding myself and like living into who I felt called to be within this marriage. And so it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I had to stay but I genuinely wanted to, like, it was Mm -hmm. just a good, it was a good spot for us. And the timing was right for things to work out. And my dad now always says, he's like, because you guys were so close and had such a good relationship, it's almost like there was no other way your relationship could end. Like Steve needed to know he needed to have this experience with this man 
to understand that it was okay for him to leave, that this was a real natural part of who he was. My dad's like, it doesn't make it okay. He had an affair. But it's almost like he had to, he had to like, first of all, it's like, you know, he's trying so hard to like push it away, you know, and he's watching these porns or whatever. And he's curious, which is because it's innately in him, you know? And then when he finally allows himself to, you know, experience being with a man and he feels so right. And this is like, at that point, I don't understand why he still didn't say, okay, this felt so great. This is who I really am. Yeah. No, let's keep moving well, and it's like, forward. <laughs> and like move to I mean, together. we were together at that point for like another few months. So this happened on Labor oh, Day okay. weekend. We were divorced by yeah. the end of the year. So like officially yeah. divorced. But I wonder if like you didn't say like, this is over, how long he would have played the charade. You yeah, know? he just, it was just so hard for him. He didn't want to carry that shame and that guilt of ruining our family. And he carried that for a long time. In fact, yeah, I think the most healing thing that has happened for him was sharing on our podcast that getting on there and sharing his story has helped so many other people that he's realized he can let go of the shame and guilt that he's carried. I think so many divorce, like my husband's a divorced dad Mm -hmm. and he carries so Mm -hmm. much shame and guilt. Yeah. And it's mostly, it's not about like, he's like, I've given up the shame and guilt of like, you know, ending the marriage because honestly I should have never married her in the first place. He's like, it's the shame and guilt of like what pain it caused my children and watching their faces and seeing like all the pain that I caused them. And he's like, I don't know if I could ever apologize enough to heal their hearts, but you know, now they're now they're um 13 or no he's actually six why did I say 13 because I met them when they were 13 and eight but now they're 20 and going to be 16 years old and they they are in such a better place and I talk to these I talk to a lot of women who you know are contemplating divorce and I always tell them like if you are in a loveless marriage and the relationship that you have, you're not holding hands, you're not kissing, you're not being lovey-dovey, you're not showing affection, and you guys are just roommates, then you're teaching your children that this is the love that is out there. Yep. You know? And so like, you know, I just think like there's a reason why we need to be better. It's a better example, you know, to find a person that you love that's a better fit for you, for both of you. Why stay in a marriage to live miserably and you think you're doing it for the kids, but honestly, you're doing the kids a disservice. Yes, 100%. I agree 100%. This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? Then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. I always think, okay, as you're saying that, like when people say, but it's what harm is this going to do my kids? I'm going to hurt my kids. I'm like, this is how your kids learn. Someday Mm -hmm. your kids are going to go through something hard. You can't control that. Why Mm -hmm. not give them the tools to be able to process, show them how they can go for something better in their lives, that they are in control of their circumstances instead of letting life happen to them. Like be the example and show them that. Right. Like I think it is a great gift. Yes, it is hard. 
Yes, there are things that come along with it, but teaching them how to process that and to use therapy and to get the help that they need along the way, like that is the gift in all of this. Exactly. Because we're, like you said, we are all going to go, whether it's a divorce or losing your job or going through a breakup or, you know, getting into a car accident, we're all going to make mistakes. But if we teach them to stay in the mistake, <laughs> because you don't want anyone else to say anything bad about you. And this is what I tell some of my clients. It's like, yes, they're going to talk about you. People are yeah. going to say, oh, did you hear about them? Blah, blah, blah. They're going to talk about you. Maybe you're going to be the news for about three to four months. Yeah. But eventually everybody moves on because the reality of life is, is that everybody's just in their own mind, thinking about their own problems and their own self. Yep. Right. 100%. So, Let's rewind back. Now you're called home and you told your mom and dad that you're getting a divorce. Steve is gay and always, and had an affair with a man. What was the reception? It was a wild ride home. So I I, <laughs> I came back to, call, or to Oklahoma and packed up my stuff. And I knew that Steve was probably going to stay with this guy he had the affair with and that I wouldn't get a chance to meet him. And if my daughter ever came to meet him, I wanted to know who he was. So. We all went to dinner that weekend oh before God. I left. And and this man um You so, truly are fearless. <laughs> you truly I, are fearless. whenever I hear this, I'm like, where? Where did I get the cojones? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. How did I have the balls to do this? Yeah. And the but I'm so glad I did. Like mm -hmm. he the guy offered to give me a ride back to our apartment afterwards. And I'm like, sure, of course. And he just sobbed. He oh. sobbed. He's like, if I had known Steve was happily married and had a kid, like I would have told him to never do this because this is all I've ever wanted. I've only ever wanted to have a wife who would be oh. understanding and a family. And I'm like, this isn't your fault. Like, I'm grateful it was you that's so caring and loving than somebody else. Like, I'm really yeah. glad you're here for Steve. And I'm like, he's going to be a mess. He needs somebody. And I can't be hundred percent that somebody right now. Like that's why I'm moving back to Boise. I, I hope that you guys, you know, whatever's meant to happen between you guys, whatever. And he did, they did stay in each other's lives for a while. What's crazy is that he said, I've always wanted a wife that would be understanding. Why yeah. wouldn't you just be gay? I don't understand that. It, like, it's just hasn't been accepted. And it's interesting because I work specifically with women. But we're in 2023. You would like, be shocked. <laughs> you would be shocked. I like, no, I know I am. Sometimes I watch these TV shows. Like I was watching Southern Hospitality the other day and it's this black guy who's gay and he's telling his parents who like live in the church. And I get that, but it's like. We live in 2023. Like, I feel like you're way more accepted now. And I think also it's their own fear that they've created. I am not going to be accepted. You know, even as, as, a, as a heterosexual Mexican woman, I still feel like, you know, I have to tell myself it is safe to be me in yeah. this world every day. You know, I think all of us have our own little thing, but, you know, add the factor of being gay. And so it's like tenfold. Well, and I think like, too, this was... 11 years ago and even 11 years ago oh. at this point like it's it's a lot for somebody to feel safe because they mm. grew up in a different it it was different than it is now like kids weren't using pronouns at school kids weren't coming out in the sixth grade it was very rare if they did and so I think 
hopefully now we're teaching our kids it's okay to be themselves. That ideally they're going to feel more safe being themselves. And that's one of the things I'm like, Steve, you've given our daughter a gift to now feel confident in being whoever the heck she is. Like she gets to go be Mm -hmm. her awesome little self and she's going to know we love her no matter what. So yeah, I mean, it it was an interesting experience to go to dinner with him. And one that I still just, every time I'm saying, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, yeah. what was I doing? But I also am so glad I did because Penny did go stay with them for like a week at a time, a couple times. And I was like, I'm so glad I know who she's with and that I trust him. But I came home and my, my parents uh, were very, you know, trying to catch up. And there was, of course, some anger at first. And then also once they knew I was okay, I mean, I was emotional, I was figuring things out, but I was fine. Like I was okay. I wasn't like, I was good. (laughs) They, they got on board and were very loving and accepting to Steve and still are. Uh, Steve's mom came over and helped me get a few pieces of furniture I needed to make sure like Penny and I were set up and things like that. And so it was really nice. Steve and I owned a house in Boise, so I just moved into there and lived there. But it was just a crazy process. And literally, I just felt like I, I was catching people up. So as I'm processing this whole thing of what just happened, the reality of it all, I'm also feeling like I need to make sure Steve's family is caught up on things and that they understand. And my family and like our friends are all like, what the heck? You guys were so happy. I'm like, we were. That wasn't that wasn't fake. That wasn't a cover. But we were happy and we were dealing with this. Like it, you can have both. And again, at that point, we established that we really wanted to have a relationship where we could get along and show up for our daughter. And we really have been very intentional about that. And our dream was that we would have partners that would get along too. And I, I still am like, how have we done this? And it gets me teary every time (laughs) I think about it, that my husband now I've been married for nine and a half years, remarried is like, he tells people all the time. He's like, I love Steve. Like, I just love him. He's such a good man. And yeah, they have their issues and whatever, but like Steve worked for him for two years and all of these things. And, and we record a podcast together, sharing all of our stories and experiences. (laughs) So they get along. And now Steve has a partner that's moved in with him, um, just over a year ago who I just adore. And it's such a cool thing to be able to come together and we get family pictures done together and we spend Christmas together and whatever holidays, you know, everybody's around, they're done together. Steve came to my house for his birthday. Like we got to do that. And it's just a gift. And I think sometimes, you know, our daughter, Penny, who's 13 now, is sometimes like overwhelmed by like, oh my gosh, does everybody have to be at everything? But she also knows how lucky she is. And seeing that, and and she knows it because we have a very (laughs) different relationship and have had very different experience with Matt's ex-wife. And so we know not everybody can have this. It's not like, but we encourage people to figure out what works for you. Like really open your mind up to, the idea that you can create a life and relationship that you love and that works for you. It doesn't have to look one way. I was like, there is no way we are going to hate each other. We love each other. We are going to keep loving each, supporting each other. And we really have. I often say I have two husbands because I have these two men that just cheer me on and are there to love and support me and my daughter. And it's been a beautiful gift. It's crazy, but beautiful. It's been a wild ride. That's for sure. It's been wild and it <laughs> has not been wild. easy, but it's been good. 
Yeah. Well, it's the journey that you were on, you know, and what's great is that like somebody always has to like break through the barrier to be the guide for someone else who's going through this thing. And like you said, you're not the first nor the last and there are people right now in this type of relationship because I mean, I do see how people, because we have been indoctrinated to believe that you find someone of the opposite sex, you get married, you have kids, and that's the story, you know, Disney story. Yep. Um, and get that. So when you don't fit the mold, you know, and that happens for people of color too, you know, we didn't get representation of Mexican or black or Chinese yep. or Japanese or Korean. Like we didn't get rep represented on movies or television. And so we feel like we don't fit the mold, you know? Yeah. And so then we do feel like, well, maybe it isn't safe for me to be me in the, in this world. Maybe I have to conform and change and dye my hair blonde and wear blue contacts, which is what I did in junior high and high school, <laughs> you know, like, but I, I just can't believe how beautiful your story has turned out because I know that there are many, many people out there that don't fit the mold because mm -hmm. they're gay, because they're transgender, because they're of a different color or different race or that have tortured themselves yes. and still torturing themselves and are suffering in silence, feeling like they don't fit the mold and no one's going to accept them. But in reality, you will be accepted. You will be loved. You will be, you know, met with compassion and empathy with the right audience. Yes. Find your people. Find your people. Find the people who are going to love you and embrace you just as you are because there is multiple communities out there that are going to do just that. For sure. You know, so uh, what incredible. So tell me what you're doing now. So I, at this point, like a few years ago, I was like, okay, I knew we were going to share a story at some point. Like I knew that was part of our path in life. And I knew that when Steve and I were married, that we would mm. not, I would never be able to have another kid. I, I felt that very strongly in my heart and I never have been able to get pregnant again. And I knew that instead, this would be the work that I do is sharing mm -hmm. our story. And I wasn't sure how that would look. And now, you know, we've, we're three years into a podcast where we share everything that we've been through and the things we're currently going through. We just shared an episode of Steve and I discussing like Penny's new custody schedule and things like live and the recording, like it's just the real raw of it and how hard those conversations are. But I feel blessed and humbled that I get to do this work. I also now coach women. Um, I host retreats for them. I do group coaching for women who have had a partner come out or who are experiencing, I, I've been calling it betrayal, but it's almost like anybody who's had a crisis in your relationship. Some form of this isn't what I thought it was going to be, or you have been through blatant betrayal uh, and are now going, what do I do now? What do I do now? Because we get so out of touch with who we are because we have often betrayed ourselves. Like we've been talking about of pressing down what it is we really want or ignoring our instincts that we don't know how to trust ourselves moving forward. And so that's really kind of where I focus in on is let's learn how to trust ourselves again so that we can move forward and know what it is we want. Most yeah. of us don't know what we really want. We think we do, but it's not usually what we want. It's what we've been told we want. So that is what I do is I, I coach women through that process. And it is my favorite thing. I love oh, it. Yeah. And I think a lot of women need this type of coaching because like 
I wouldn't know what what to do if I was to discover my husband do, doing that, or I wouldn't know what to do, you know? And like you said, you need a community, A, that's already been there so yeah. that they share the same type of feelings and the same type of anger and the same type of emotions, you know? Because if you're talking to somebody who, oh, let's say their husband cheated, but with a woman, it's not the same type of betrayal. Yeah. It's a different type with a whole new layer of stuff. So I love that you're doing this. I love that you're coaching women. And if you're listening to this and you need this type of coaching, or if you have some inclinations that maybe you found some stuff and you don't know who to talk to, you're not exactly at the divorce place, but you just need someone to talk to, please. I will have Jessica's information in the show notes. As we wrap up this episode, Jessica, what would be your nugget of wisdom for anyone who is listening right now? Uh, So going back to what we were just talking about is learn to be in tune with your gut. Trust your gut and then act on it. The more you take action, the more loud and clear it gets. The more you get to hear over and over. And I tell women in my group, we're going to start small. Start with what the heck do you actually want to wear every day? What do you want to eat? Like, these are things that we put aside because we're trying to conform to different things. And so we start small, but we act, we trust, we hear the voice, and then we act. So lean into that and it will be a beautiful life. Mm, I love that. How can my audience find you? Yeah, so I um, have my podcast. Husband in Law is the name of that. You can go find that on any podcasting platform. And then I am on um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at and Pinterest at Hey Jessica Fru. So you can go find me there. Perfect. And how can they sign up for your workshop? My workshop is coming up on December, or sorry, December, February 22nd. <laughs> I'm like, that's far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can sign up at theboldlogic.com forward slash what now workshop. And if you're listening to this past, then go find me on social media. I will have resources for you still available, but come the it's a betrayal workshop. That's going to give you the three things to start doing now to figure out how to trust your gut again and how to figure out what now your what now looks like. Oh, thank you. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. And if you love this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a review. I read every single review and I truly appreciate the time you spend writing it. If you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual mentor, you can book a free discovery call with me at www.fearlessfemale.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at fearlessfemale underscore coach. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at fearlessfemale or find me on TikTok. I'm under at paola.rosser. Tune in next week. Goodbye.